Thank you for listening to Weekly Wisdom, the podcast of First Presbyterian Church in Haddonfield, New Jersey. This episode is a sermon by Reverend Marvin Lindsay titled Good King Jesus. It's based on Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46, the parable of the sheep and the goats, and lifts up some examples of how Christians can minister to Jesus by ministering to those who are in need. We hope that you'll enjoy it. gathering of Presbyterian congregations like a diocese in the Catholic Church or a, a district in the United Methodist Church. And I was sitting across the table from another elder from a congregation in Bordentown, so we were talking a little bit about our life experiences, and so he asked me about one of my life experiences, which is getting a graduate degree in church history, and he said, do you ever have a chance to use all of that information in your ministry? And I do today. <laughs> Nancy Ruth has given me this perfect opportunity to nerd out on you some, with some church history. We're going to talk about Good King Wenceslas, which you heard the tune, right? And the, uh, as the White Chapel bells were playing, you heard the tune, Good King Wenceslas. Well, now you're going to meet the man behind the tune. Uh, his name is Václav in the Czech language, and he, he wasn't actually a king, he was a duke. But he got promoted to being king after he died by the emperor. And he lived in Bohemia. He was born about a thousand years ago. And his father, let's see, Bratislaus, uh, was the second generation Christian king of Bohemia. Uh, and he was born also to a pagan mother named Dragomira, who underwent what you might call a, a shotgun baptism, the, uh, the morning of the wedding ceremony. Um, but at any rate, uh, King Wenceslaus' father died when he was just 13 years old. His grandmother became regent to him, made sure that he had a good uh, Christian and secular education. But his mother was jealous of the influence that his grandmother was exerting over him. So she had grandmother executed. Yeah. Uh, and then she launched a purge of all the Christian nobility in the land of Bohemia. But when Wenceslaus came, of age, there were a few Christian nobles left, and they organized together, and they drove uh, his mother into exile. Although, they let her come back after three years. I guess she learned her lesson. But anyway, Wenceslaus uh, ruled as Duke of Bohemia until his brother, Boleslav, got jealous of his uh, older brother's uh, power and authority, and conspired to assassinate good King Wenceslaus. He invited his brother to dinner at a sacred day celebrating uh, two Christian martyrs in ancient Syria and stabbed him to death. And Wenceslaus immediately afterward was acclaimed a martyr and a saint. Um, he becomes good King Wenceslaus. While his brother inherited the crown, but he was known forever after as Boleslav the Cruel, as, which he should have been. Anyway, you might have had a tense Thanksgiving dinner, but it was probably nothing like this last dinner between these two brothers. Now, after good King Wenceslaus uh, left this mortal world, there were many biographies written about him, and they extolled his Christian virtues, not just his courage and his valor. Uh, a Czech historian who was writing a couple hundred years later referred to these biographies with these words. He said, The deeds of Wenceslaus, I think you know better than I can tell you. For as is read, no one doubts that rising every night from his noble bed with bare feet and only one chamberlain, 
He went around to God's churches and gave alms generously to widows, to orphans, those in prison and afflicted by every difficulty, so much so that he was considered not a prince, but a father of all the wretched. And these biographies that were written about Wenceslas, they were read to uh, noble children and also to royal children to teach them uh, in the ways of being a just king in the high Middle Ages. Um, like Rose Miles told us last week, if you were here for worship, we need stories to inspire us to love and serve others. So there, you know, commandments can do that, but even more, stories have the power to inspire us to be kind and show compassion to other people. And the stories of good King Wenceslas, many of which are probably more the subject of legends than actual historic fact, did inspire kings and nobility after him to use their power not just to reward their friends and punish their enemies, but for the common good. And in a time and place where uh, governments were headed by guys named Boleslav the Cruel, they probably needed a little bit of inspiration like that. And if you pay attention to the lyrics of the hymn, Good King Wenceslas, the Christmas Carol, you can be inspired as well. Uh, the Christmas Carol tells the story of the king and his page who were out on a cold winter evening on December 26th, St. Stephen's Day. And the king sees a peasant gathering firewood. And the king is inspired to help this peasant uh, not just procure firewood, but also to enjoy a feast that evening. So the king and the page go around in the cold winter's night looking for food and drink to uh, give this uh, peasant a meal that he deserves. But the page almost collapses from exposure to the elements. You know this, right? You've you, you listened to the lyrics before, right? Um, but the king says, okay, I'll take a lead. You follow in my footsteps. I'll break the path through the cold and the snow. And the page experiences a strange warmth rising from the holy king's footprints. And so the song ends, Therefore, Christian men, be sure, wealth or rank possessing, ye who now bless the poor shall yourselves find blessing. You see, our path in life is made easier, not harder, when we follow our king in the paths of service and compassion and generosity. Now, at Tuesday staff meeting, Nancy Ruth expressed some apprehension about choosing this. Yeah, I'm telling stories on you, Nancy Ruth. Uh, choosing this particular piece for today because it's not St. Stephen's Day. Uh, the snow does not lay on the ground deep and crisp and even. It's not even Advent yet. But we're not the church of purists, the First Presbyterian Church. We do have a little bit of flexibility that we show each other. And, in fact, this is a perfect hymn for Christ the King Sunday. For today we heard the King of Kings himself tell a story that commends kindness to everyone who is in distress. And the interesting twist in the king's story that he tells in Matthew 25 is that the king of kings is both the one who encourages us to be compassionate to people who are suffering and is the one who is desperately in need of compassion. According to the parable, Jesus Christ still walks among us, disguised as someone who is hungry or someone who is incarcerated or someone who is sick or someone who is an immigrant to our land. And when we feed the hungry, when we visit prisoners, when we show hospitality to strangers, 
We have done a good service, not just for them, but we have done a good service for our good shepherd, for the King of kings and the Lord of lords who reigns on high in heaven. So I want to tell you some more stories about acts of kindness done for those in need. Stories that you, members of this congregation, have been writing yourselves. If you are fairly new to our congregation, you may have heard about this person, place, or thing called St. Wilfred's. St. Wilfred's. It's like a, it's like a, a, a two-letter, two-word name that's in the air around here all the time. Who, who or what is that? Well, St. Wilfred's is an Episcopal church in Camden that closed a few years ago, but found new life as a result of a cooperation between this congregation and our neighbors across the street at Grace Episcopal Church. Volunteers from both congregations distribute food and clothing from St. Wilfred's to the community, to anyone in need, every other weekend. And I looked on the website, from March 2020 through June of this year, 385, I'm sorry, 358,000 pounds of food and dry goods have been distributed by, quote, the all-volunteer, everything donated, nobody-gets-paid staff of the Open Door Clinic at St. Wilfrid's. But that's not the whole story. Uh, this ministry draws volunteers not only from our two churches, but also from members of the community who are recipients of this ministry. One volunteer told me this week, we have a few clients that come in early on Saturdays we, when we give out food, and they help us give out food instead of the, to give out the donations. They do this not expecting to get more donations, but for the goodness of their hearts. One client the last two months cooked meat and rice dishes for the volunteers to eat. Every time I come on Saturday with a car full of stuff, our clients always help carry the stuff into the building. What's neat about St. Wilfred's is that the service goes both ways. Everyone is a donor, and everyone is a recipient. And I think that that's a neat way to be in community with other people. Something else, if you are new to this church and you've been wandering around some of the, the hallways, you might have seen a plaque on the hallway back over here uh, that is dedicated to the good ladies. So, actually, everybody in the congregation is a good lady or a good gentleman or a good person. But these are particular kinds of good ladies. Uh, these are ladies who have been volunteering to visit women incarcerated at the Camden County Jail. And I think the ministry has been going on here for over 50 years. It was disrupted during the pandemic, but now it has returned. And one good lady told me in an email, what I have come to realize about the ladies of the Camden County Jail is that they come from situations I can't begin to understand. I realize how important our visits are to help them look forward and begin to know that God loves them and wants them to follow Jesus' example as they choose their path and way into the future. I think it's easier to follow Jesus' instructions in Matthew 25 if we believe the ones we are serving are just like us. It's very easy to condemn those in prison, assuming that they are getting what they deserve or experiencing the consequences from bad decisions. Of course, that is not what Jesus is telling us to do. Believe me, the ladies at Camden County Jail may have committed crimes or made very bad decisions, but they are God's children. Many of them are mothers with children waiting for them at home. Their prayer requests include their children and other relatives and friends whom they want to help, but can't because they're behind bars. 
I think it is challenging for them to realize that they are not their mistakes or bad decisions. That's not what God sees. That is not what should define them. It's very difficult when they are locked up with very little or no rehabilitative services for them to move forward on a positive path. And another good lady told me a similar story. We ladies are sharing the good news of the gospel with people who are incarcerated, alone, in a dark and fearful place. We are not there to judge, and it's been said, this does not define you. There's so much more to the lives of these women, who they are, and what they can accomplish in their futures. Perhaps they have done horrible things, but we don't ask. If they share what their crimes are, that's fine. We provide them hope, we hope, in the knowledge that God loves them, and that their future can be brighter than now. All of them, to a woman, pray and hope the best for their families, their children, and especially their mothers. We realize that their mothers are most likely taking care of their children, whom they miss terribly. And she goes on saying, Our Presbyterian Church family prays for them each week. They are not alone. Lives can change if they are willing. Sometimes this means they have to turn their backs on past associates who may be toxic. Sometimes this means moving away from addictions and bad habits. One story I've set aside for the ladies is about a little schoolboy who was delayed in getting home on a bus. But a caring bus driver took care of the situation, much to the boy's mother's relief. She writes, I pray every day that God places people in our paths and in the right places to watch over my children when I'm not there. And today God did just that. This angel truly showed the love of Christ in her actions and care for my son. Now, in fact, uh, time would fail to tell of all the stories of hungry people fed, prisoners visited, the homeless housed, and strangers welcomed. For you, who are the sheep of the Good Shepherd, who are subjects of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, are writing these stories every day. That's what you do. You write stories with your lives that inspire others to works of compassion and service, all for the glory of God, and in thanksgiving for what God has given us in Jesus Christ. These stories are being written by you so that Liam and the children that we baptize and nurture in vacation Bible school and in Sunday school will learn how to read the story of faith by looking at and reading the stories of your lives. They will learn that to worship Jesus Christ means, among other things, to serve him in the guise of those who are in distress. When we lighten the burdens of others, we meet the one who bore our burdens on the cross, the one who raises us up to new and compassionate living now and to eternal life in the age to come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review this podcast so that we can reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. To support our ministry, go to www.haddonfieldprez.org and click on the Give tab at the top of the page. Grace and peace be with you.